0: Welcome to Eyes and Ears Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bogue. This is my co host over here.
1: This is Bill Powers right here. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by Houdini Interactive. It's a local full stack development and design digital agency. And
0: yeah, we will talk to bands, venues, business owners, marketers, basically anything music and marketing. Uh, we're really excited for tonight's
1: episode, episode eight. We've already gotten to eight, Bill. I know, oh, that's, what's up? that's lucky number eight. Uh, you know, tonight we have a, a special guest, a f- close friend of mine, Ryan Levy. Ryan is a uh, concert promoter, huge music fan, um, and he's been doing a bunch of stuff in the Inland Northwest for years now. Uh, he's been booking shows since, I think, 2012, something like that. Oh, before that, that. yeah. 2010 2009 2009 probably 2000s. and uh, he's really influential here in the inland Northwest with uh, like uh, you know metal and hardcore scene initially and then he's just not just by booking bands but by building a community through monumental shows which is a local production and booking agency here in Spokane so anyway I wanted to bring him on so we could talk about music we could talk about all the uh, all the things that he's been doing and talk about a little bit of marketing and history of the music scene and stuff like that. So.
2: Cool. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah, no problem.
1: I want to, I was thinking, trying to kind of prep for this. I was trying to think of, I can't exactly remember the first time I met you, but I was trying to think, what was your, and then what was your first show that you remember going to?
2: I think like. For, like when it all started, like when you and I first met was at the the first boulevard, the one that was on Sp- Spokane Falls Boulevard. Uh-huh, sure. And that was when like Ray owned it and stuff. And I met you through Kelly Lots because we were doing ERC booking together. That's right, yeah. And then it, like I knew who you were because I knew who Morning After was just by like going to shows and stuff like that. And then you and Kelly met on like a business sense where Kelly was trying to put some shows together there. And that's how you guys met. And then I got introduced to you through him. And then it was like you and I became closer than than we were with him. And then (laughs) it was just kind of like, I don't know, you kind of took me under your wing with a lot of stuff. And it just kind of like pulled in from there. But as far as like my first show there, like I I can't even remember. Like I remember like (laughs) helping him out with like some of the stuff that he was doing there. And we were doing, God, I'm trying to remember. Like I think one of the first shows he did there was like, death before dishonor or something like that yeah. and then i think one time we we brought the chariot there with like alasana or, or something like
1: i yeah, can't remember exactly definitely brought but the chariot then, there back in the there day
2: was just so sure. much all at the start because like right when we like first booked there it, there was just like so many shows after that and actually now i think about it i think one of the first ones was uh born of osiris with winds of plague catherine and at the thrones of judgment and that was like the first one that we did there i think now if my memory yeah. serves me
1: correct that was an erc show yeah it was yeah, yeah. And, right. and we
2: did erc for a, a couple years together and i remember because we had a, a party at our apartment afterwards and all the bands came over and we had just moved in there so there was no furniture <laughs> or anything <laughs> and uh and then the bands decided to hot box my walk-in closet which was pretty cool <laughs> 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 which is pretty rad oh, yeah, it
0: reminds me of the old Spokane days. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Uh, for those listeners that aren't from Spokane, very tight knit community. Um, you know, the Boulevard is a was an old old venue that both Bill and Ryan kind of were a part of. We all were a part of. Right. Yeah. It was
1: it was a fun venue back in the day. I remember. But when you started uh, booking shows and kind of jumping in from my perspective, I think you were. 17 or 18, I thought. How old are you? Uh, I was 19. 19, okay. Yeah,
2: I was 19 when I, I just like, first got in. I just remember putting you, that.
1: you were in the back, like, selling merch, and, like, the bartenders were, like, sneaking you shots and stuff. Yeah, Ben Ham <laughs>
2: was doing that, and, and Jeff Johnson. Jeff Jeff was probably, like, most guilty of that, and I, I liked Jeff. And Jeff was, like, I couldn't tell if he liked me or not. <laughs> just because he's, like, you know, like, Papa Bear of the bar, kind of, mm-hmm. other than Ray, of course, because Ray's just kind of, like, the man. But, right. Yeah. I remember that. And he just like, keep giving me shots, but like, wouldn't really talk a whole lot for the first little while. And I think he was just kind of like figuring me out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like who the hell are you kind of thing. But yeah, it was cool.
1: So in that, like you, you just started helping out Kelly. Like is that, when did you think like, Oh man, it's, it's fun to book shows. I want to do this or like how. I never
2: thought that I would ever do it because what was happening was when I was a teenager, I was just going to shows a lot, just because I thought that that was just like a really cool thing. And like, Rock and roll was always, like, something that I've always appreciated and and liked a lot growing up because, like, you know, growing up, my mom and, you know, my grandma and my uncle and, you know, family members were into, like, you know, just the radio rock stuff and whatnot and then uh, just kind of, you know, grew up listening to, you know, what was on the radio or what they were listening to or MTV and things like that. Like, like I remember when I was, like, in preschool, I had, like, a Beavis and Butthead poster (laughs) above (laughs) my bed and stuff, you know, so – Music was always in just, like, kind of there huh? for me.
0: Beavis and Butthead in preschool. Yeah,
2: yeah. Ooh. I remember seeing, like, when I was a little kid, like, seeing Green Day for the first time on Beavis and Butthead, like, Basket Case. And I was like, that band is cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing, like, their album art with, like, it was, like, a cartoon for Dookie or whatever. Yeah, right. And I just thought that that was, like, rad. I don't Jesus. know. I just what? really liked that. When I was in
1: preschool, my mom was making me listen to Amy Grant. So. <laughs> really? So, it, <laughs> like, <Liberal laughs> That
2: was when MTV was MTV. Yeah, right? when it was actually, like, music and stuff. and like, that, I, I guess I just like kept going that route, like as a kid, because it was just like I just liked rock and roll, but it was like more like kind of the metal side of things. And I think that's right. like when I was like starting to explore music on my own, the real like breakout band for me was Metallica and it was specifically Kill 'em All. Mm-hmm. And I remember like pulling the CD from my mom's collection when I was like a young, like maybe like 12 or 13 or something like that. And I like pulled the CD down I was like this, I was like, kill them all. I was like this. Cause I knew who Metallica was, but I've yeah. like never really yeah. just like sat down and listened to him. I'm like, this sounds like the album I should listen to. <laughs> yeah. And then I went from there and I was you. like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is pretty badass." So then it just snowballed into like Iron Maiden and Megadeth right. and then Slayer. And then just went from there. But, uh, But yeah, it was, uh, I just went, I always went, anyways, yeah, I'm kind of going deep on this one, but I just, uh, I just went to shows a bunch and stuff. And like in high school, I like, when I first like went to like local shows and found out that there was a really cool local scene, I just wanted to like dive into that more. And like all my friends, well, not maybe not all of them, but a a lot of people in my high school were going to like ball games and stuff like that. And I just wasn't really that interested into it. I was just like, eh, I don't know. I kind of like the rock and roll crowd. I just think that's really cool. And then. When I found out about Fat Tuesdays and then The Empyrean, I was just like, I this I want to go to, like, every single show. Like, and that's just kind of how it was for me. And then uh Kelly, Kelly and I met through Michael Grimm at, like, a party, like, years and years ago. And right. he's like, I'm putting on shows through my own production company, and I want to do, like, more heavier bands. And I heard that, like, you go to, like, you know metal shows because like at that time i was going to like take over in midnight society and behold shows and stuff like that and i was like yeah like i can give you a list of bands that i I, that i want to bring here and stuff and he's like okay well like maybe you can help me like pick out some bands and i'll i'll see what i can do and i was like cool then we just kind of like met up a couple times and like started working together and and then he was like one day he, he needed a flyer for like some like acoustic show and he's like do you know anyone that can make flyers and i was like I guess I could. I was like, I could try to do that because, like, I know Photoshop. Yeah, I can. I can try to, you know, take a swing at it. And I made a flyer, and then shortly after that, he's like, I need another one. Can you make another one? I was like, sure. And just like kept doing it. And then I was like, making the flyers. And then eventually, I was like, so how do you do this? Like, like what exactly do you do? And he's like, I'll show you. And he's just like, I'll introduce you to Chrissy and Michelle. And later on down the road, it turned into meeting up with you. Yeah. then that's how. And like, you have to talk to the venue. You have to rent the place out. You have to pay the bands and. For well, the first while he was like talking to the the booking agents and then when i started like booking my own shows it was like i was talking to bands directly because i wasn't on that level yet with like you know like right booking and stuff so like it was like just bands like, like you were
1: just hitting him up and saying like hey you, i see an empty date like what can you do? Yeah, like, what's so like, like f- or just say, "Hey, I love you guys. You should play here in Spokane." Uh, you know, yeah, like, thing.
2: like the first show I ever like kind of set up was before him and I were even working together, and it was when Rhea was working at the the Empyrean, and it was before her and I really even knew each other, but we'd like seen each other at shows. Like, yeah. I don't know if we've ever really talked before that, and I uh, I hit up the Empyrean on MySpace at the time because I saw that there was a band called Love You Long Time that had an <laughs> open date and I was like kind of like the liaison I was like I messaged them I'm like you guys should play Spokane because you have like an, an open date I'm like well do you know anywhere we can play I'm like yeah talk to the Imperian. like I'll message them for you and I like talk to the Imperian and it was Rhea and she's like we need to meet up and then we can like talk about this and I was like cool and then we like met up and she like just took down like a few quick notes and it was like maybe like a 10 minute ordeal or something while she was like working door at some other show here. Yeah. And then next thing I know she's like getting it together. And then like that, it, it was the first show I ever like helped set up was love you long time and hockey played it. And like oh, she yeah. put hockey on the bill and it was like, it was rad as hell. Was like That's the an old thing school ever.
1: Spokane band right there. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah.
2: hockey. But, yeah, for the first little bit, it was just, like, bands, uh, like, hitting me up directly to book shows, like, that weren't signed or anything like that, but just, like, small ones from, like, around yeah, the sure, area. Yeah, sure, totally. And, like, that's kind of how I got my feet wet. And then when I first got into, like, uh, you know, dealing with a, a booking agent, that's where it was, like, oh, okay, well, this is what, like, putting on a bigger show is like, you know, so. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting.
1: That's kind of fun, just being at, like, bigger shows. <laughs> like, what's uh, what's one of, in your mind, pick, like, what's one of the craziest shows that you've booked
2: I mean, there's a. I mean, it depends on what level you're talking about. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's like fun shows. Like uh, Dirt Nasty was a pretty fun one with Mickey Avalon because yeah. it was just like a drunken party. Like it was pretty badass. And then uh, another one would be when I booked Zach Wild with his uh, Zach Sabbath cover band, and it was okay, just like right. Zach yeah. Wild and uh, I think it was like a dude from Queens of the Stone Age, and then some other guy from from another band. I can't remember. But uh, they they played Black Sabbath covers. And I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: that's kind of awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, ICP. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> yeah. wild. That's yeah. I mean, pretty wild. Really, that's great. Gonna yeah, be crazy. Yep. Yeah, that that show was pretty nuts.
1: But uh, and that was in the. That was in a uh, parking par- parking lot of some bar in the valley?
2: Yeah, so that was the last time I booked him. And the first time was in the pen when TC was owning it. And uh, it was... What was...
1: That that wasn't that big of a venue. Oh, upstairs. It, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, and, yeah.
2: Uh, and the first time was pretty wild. The second time was too, but it was like the second time we kind of knew what to expect. Yeah. You know, the first one was, was pretty nuts. And there was a little bit more people for the first time around too. Just because uh, it was like at an established venue that kind of has like it's following and stuff like that right so
0: what do you do to like prepare for a show like is there anything you do like extra security or
2: yeah yeah because like sometimes they'll have like a like certain bands like that like it's weird because like sometimes agents will just be like yep send us an offer and expenses and then it's like if you leave something out they're just like well tough shit and you'd already sent us the expenses and you signed the contract you know kind of Uh, thing so it's like you kind of have to like look into it, investigate and really think of everything before you send that offer over. Bill knows probably yeah. too. So just from your experience, but they yeah. call that
1: You got to pad those expenses, bro. I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and and on that one I, I did and it, it, it worked out pretty well. It was, it was cool. And the tour manager luckily was like the coolest guy ever. He's like this older dude that normally tours with like Metallica and stuff. And he would, he had to have been like 50 years old or something. And he's just like, I'm just here doing my job. He's like, just just make my job as easy as you can, please. And I was like, sounds good. And then we end up just like chatting the whole night. And at the end of the night, I give him the cash. He doesn't even count it, just puts it in his pocket. He goes, Is that it? And I'm like, Yeah. And he goes, Cool. And he shakes my hand and that was it. I was like, dude, you are awesome. Man. All business. All yeah, business, yeah. baby. Yeah, it was it was pretty nice. Like I, I wrote out like all this big expense sheet and everything like that. And he's just like, Cool. And he just like kind of walks away. He's like holy shit dude like was he wearing paint too yeah right yeah dude i don't know that's pretty cool another cool one was uh the white chapel with suicide silence that was like probably one of my that was a big show was that at the end too or it was yeah yeah. because that because there was both of those bands were on my bucket list for so long because like when i first started booking shows like deathcore and like metalcore like the main things that like kind of got me into it i guess yeah which is like that's primarily what I still do. I mean, like I'll do other styles too, but that was like, kind of like one of the ultimate tours that I got to finally, you know, do. And that was, it, for me, that was a, that was a big one. It was, it was cool. Once I, I got to do that show and then, it, and sold it out too. Like that was yeah. like my main goal and couldn't have gone any better. I don't think so. That's probably, that's definitely like goes down as one of my favorite shows
1: for sure. Yeah, that's great. Now you, uh, going back a little, so, you know, uh, you have like ERC, you're doing that with Kelly lots, And then, uh, but so when did you start like Monumental then? How did, what was the progression on that?
2: Uh, 2009. And it was, and it's funny because I had that that conversation with him here in this very building, like downstairs when it was the the Empyrean. And uh, it was something that I was like brainstorming for a long time. And what kind of helped me, lead me to that decision was he was working a lot more with Alex Triplett at the time with ERC. And it got to the point where we were just doing like such separate things. Like I was doing my shows, but still under the ERC name and he was doing his shows also under the ERC thing. And he did some heavier shows, but most of what he did was stuff like never shout, never kill paradise, you know, kind of like a little bit more poppy feel, which I like doing that stuff too. But like most of the stuff I was doing, I just became like that person that, Represented like the heavier, especially back then.
1: Especially back then. Yeah. With with every one of
0: these band names, I'm just envisioning like the. Like the the metal logo, like yeah, the, uh, yeah, it's uh, it a logo behind it. it yeah, was like back mm-hmm. in the day, or even today with like metal bands, it's, it's I know. all about that logo, man. It, it it's <laughs> it is
2: too, and it's it's pretty wild, like how much like things like kind of go away and they change, and then they come back again. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> you it, know what I mean.
1: Like I always love the the crazy, you know, spiky script logo for uh, yeah, anal cunt. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. There's this. The, was, there's this other, <laughs> other band. I can't. Oh, I can't remember
2: what their name. It might. I think Undeath is a logo that like you just you it's you can't read it at all. <laughs> like, yeah, some like some of like are the fans so know when they see it. it yeah. They're like, oh yeah, that's UnDeath, the other man.
0: thing. Is like <laughs> you can't read it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can see it. You know, every time you see it, it's that's
1: like, funny how yeah, some of their funny. logos uh, mimic their 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 vocals. You, you you hear it, but I can't understand a word they're saying. Yeah. As sometimes. Yeah,
0: their logos <laughs> go along with their.
2: It's yeah. kind of funny, too, because, yeah. like, some bands that have the logos like that, and they start to become, like, more commercial, where they have, like, more clean singing, all of a sudden, like, their logo changes to, like, just a plain Just a text. font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Like, well, I think Whitechapel did that, where it's not, like, all, like, messy. It's now just, like, <laughs> Times New Roman or something Yeah, right, like that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see Chapel back in the now. day, yeah. it was that, and then yeah. it
1: slowly just turned into, like, a more, just slightly angled yeah, pretty, logo or It's pretty whatever. funny, Yeah. Like <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So you're doing Monumental, and I, you were doing, uh, not that you had like a monopoly here in Spokane, but there was even when I was booking shows, I would, uh, I would sometimes, if somebody hit me up for a show, I'd just be like, just go to Ryan, just go to Monumental to get it. Cause like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't need to take that show. He'll do it. And then, uh, and he's already like, he's got the pulse on some of these, 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 you know, metal yeah. hardcore shows. So, uh, I don't, need to do them because Ryan's already got that going and i, I just so it, was, it didn't seem like it took you very long to like get to a point where you almost had like the monopoly on shows those kind of shows here Mo- most of
2: like bigger like heavier ones yeah. I, would, I would take care of um it still kind of is like that a little bit and like i don't mind being that guy and i don't but i also don't want to like stop anyone else from doing something if, doing a yeah, show of course, if they yeah. want to do it you know like uh, recent example, just maybe a month and a half ago, um, the Big Dipper had regional justice center. They had they got offered it, and they didn't even know who they were. And and, and Dawson, the owner, she hits me up. I'm kind of like her, like go to person. That, like, hey, who's this band? Like, do, would this do well? Kind of thing. And she hit me up about them, and I was like, yeah, you should you should book that show. You should do that. <laughs> right. That'll, that'll be really good. And then it got to like this weird like triangle of my buddy, who's also a promoter in. Portland and he knows the booking agent really well and he's like hey I'm getting asked if I want to do this show in Spokane and I was like well that's kind of weird because they're already in talks with the one venue we could do this at and then it turned into like this thing where it's like well how about we do it instead and then we just rent the place out sort of thing and I was like well I'm okay with that but I also don't want to step on their toes yeah right and then I hit up dots and I was like, hey, you know, like this is what's going on. She's like, I would rather you just do the show. And I was like, oh, okay. I was okay, like, well, right, then yeah. this is working out then. So, yeah. cause I want to do it too. Well, so.
1: also I was always careful about, cause you, one thing you don't want to do inside of the, the music scene is I don't want an agent hitting me up and hitting you up and, and then all of Creating of a sudden, competition. Yeah. Creating competition. Dude, and so like, that's the thing that sense, I love you know? about
2: Spokane because like before, even now, like when Chelsea was running the pin, like we would do that too. We're like. Hey, did you get hit up to book this one artist? I'm like, yeah. She's like, cool. Well, this is what I'm gonna offer. You should offer this
1: <laughs> and stuff like that. And like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Or me and TC would work together like that too. It was it was pretty rad. I like that. I like working together, but it's uh, it's definitely a lot more tight knit and like more like community oriented as far as that goes. Like everyone that like kind of gets the business aspect of like putting on a show, like all kind of you know they all know each other <laughs> to where it's like it's more of like a harmonious relationship in spokane whereas if you go to seattle not the case if you go to portland definitely not the case if you go to salt lake city boise it's all gonna be different in spokane it's like uh once you're in the network you can't get out i guess you know so it's a well it's also a
0: handful of venues yeah exactly yeah yeah. and i think it's it's better when everyone works together
2: than you know having that competition because like (laughs) I think that Spokane is like that size where it's like it can support a lot, but then it also like I don't know like you, you don't want like saturation, I guess because sure. if there's like too many hands, you know, like in the pot, it's just it's too yeah, too, too much. much. Yeah. Well, in that and that's too many cooks in the kitchen. You got
1: the know. so that I've always felt that uh, some of the work that you did with Monumental, and I mentioned this in the intro a little bit, is that uh, whether it was just because of your passion for the music that you were doing, you. um, I just felt like you built a, a, a really good like community of people, or you you it wasn't just you, but it was just like uh, if you go on, it just like if you go on monumental Facebook and you see, I just feel like a lot of times the conversations that are happening, the support, the 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 way that people give their input and talk about things, I just feel like it's really. Like you were saying, in Seattle and stuff, it's a little bit more uh, compartmentalized. It feels yeah. like there's a little, it's a little bit more, like, there's a, I feel like there's a little bit more inclusivity and in community here in Spokane. Like, there is. There's not as much hate or anything. Yeah, like and, and there is,
2: because there's, like, it's kind of funny, because, there, like, I talk about this with, with some people sometimes, where there's, like, regulars, if you call them that, and yeah. they'll, like, regularly show up to my shows, like, wherever I, I book the show at, like, like people that you see pretty often. Right. And, uh, it's, it's a cool feeling. And there's like some people that'll just, they don't even know any of the bands. They'll just come to the show cause they know that they'll like at least someone or something like that, or they yeah. want to support monumental in some way. And it's, a, it's pretty rad. It really is. But it's, it's something that like, um, maybe it wasn't necessarily a goal to necessarily achieve specifically that, but that was like, what kind of helped make me want to book shows in the first place because when, when, uh, when I first started booking shows really the only places that had shows at the time, cause Fat Tuesdays closed down and Fat Tuesdays was like such a pivotal, uh, you know, component to the, the Spokane music scene and they would have shows all the time where you'd get to go there like almost every week and see like something killer. And then when they closed down, it was just like, oh, shit, now what are we going to do? You know? And like, that was yeah. like everyone's kind of everyone's thought of, at that time. And then, and then it was like, well, now the Empyrean is starting to do more shows and the Boulevard is now well, – I remember like it first opened, it was like, oh, 18 and up we can do shows or something. Yeah. And like I remember seeing the first – I think the first one that you guys did there and it was Horse the Band. Yeah, And it was like 30 people there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something. And it was fucking awesome. It was really yeah, cool. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, – and then and then that's where like it, everything happened at such a perfect time because like at that time too like social media was like – becoming a staple in you know right. everyone's lives where it's like okay this is like where we go to like see everyone on the internet and all the shows that are happening you right. know and it's like it was kind of yeah. cool and so like that's where well anyways like there wasn't really much of a of a scene at that time per se I, I don't want to say that and sound like a, a douchebag but there wasn't like a whole lot of places where you could go to see like a heavier show mm-hmm. and then so it was like and then all of a sudden like those cool tours that we would see at the at Fat Tuesdays weren't coming through anymore or at least you know not nearly as many so like that was like kind of my goal where it's like i want to reestablish that and then right with exactly. the help of what you allowed me and kelly to do at the the boulevard and what Crazy michelle right. allowed me to do here at the at the empyrean like really helped catapult that to kind of you know help bring it back to a you know at least to a degree
1: yeah no i so. I, I agree and i think too uh it's like Sometimes it's about just being in the right place at the right time, because I think from watching music scenes, mostly here in Spokane, but uh, watching music scenes, there's uh, always kind of, sometimes there's cyclical natures to them, like where you'll hear about an era where it was really great for a while, and then it just dies out. Big time. It's just like, what's up? For like five years, all there was was people were doing like, you know, like, Crusty hardcore punk shows in a church basement for five years. And there was no venues. And it was just, you know, some like cover bands playing up at some, you know, dirt bar (laughs) somewhere. And that's how it was for five years. And then the occasional big show at at the arena. But other than that, a local music scene that thrived just stopped existing for a while. And then it, you know, kind of ebbed and flows. And that's what it feels like, right? As at least from my perspective, I could have a, you know, a bias because I was. Just starting then, but it seems like when the Boulevard was going, and then like even you came in and everybody, I felt like there was a moment where the music scene, even some mm-hmm. you know back in the day, bands, local bands, even the uh, uh like even bands like Five Foot Thick or something. There was just a moment where even local stuff, uh, maybe you know Morning After, Belt of Vapor, you know there was a lot of bands that yeah that. I felt like, and then there's obviously like Takeover and, you know, some of these bands. I just feel like there was a moment where it it peaked and I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little out of it and I feel like, I feel like uh, the small amount of venues that we have now are like healthy or considering COVID are doing okay. But sometimes I'm wondering like. Are we due for another renaissance here soon? Like, yeah. you know, like I don't know.
2: It, it, it's it's kind of it, it, it's kind of going back to what you're talking about too. Like, when all those bands were like at the peak, it it was weird because when when Fat Tuesday stopped, it was also the same time that like Takeover played their one of their last shows. Right. Uh, Coretta Scott stopped. Like that was like right. that was a yeah. big one right there too. And then uh, Five Foot Thick kind of just wasn't really doing anything anymore. Uh, George moved on. I think the rest of the guys did. I don't I don't really know the whole story on that one. <laughs> sure. But, and then we were uh, limited on local bands at the same time, too. And right. then uh, and then it wasn't until, like, 2008 or something like that where it just started booming again. And then yeah. it was, like, all of a sudden, like, people started, you know, coming up with bands. And then it was, like, 2011 when it was, like, really hot. And then it just started, like, getting big again and swelling up. And then it... We're kind of reaching that point where it's like it sort of died down again, and now that's like, how
1: it feels to me. And sometimes I'm wondering, am I just out of the music scene, or is that? And does that happen? And one thing I don't I don't know is does this ha is this a natural cycle that happens in every I think in it every is. big city. If I it, think does it, is. it even happen in New York City? does yeah. it Happen in I'm in a, Seattle because I think it, I feel like there's times in Seattle where it's like you don't really hear about anything big yep. going on, and yeah, all of a sudden there's that a, happens a resurgence. You know, it's like, kind of like
2: like for for the longest time, like you didn't really hear about. Portland bands coming over here like really much about their scene well now like Portland is like doing like they're, they're kicking ass over there But yeah. then like Seattle used to be like boomtown and now like you don't really hear a lot about Seattle I'm not saying that that there's like, their thing their scene isn't thriving or anything like that but yeah. like you don't really hear about like a whole well, lot there's, of yeah television. there's
0: also different layers to the scene too that there that is. we don't know about oh for sure don't live in Seattle yeah big time you know there's the smaller different venues, components of it a bunch of local bands there that we don't mm-hmm.
1: hear about or we don't find out about unless we're there yeah yeah Um, and and, and, and there's also genre specific stuff like if you ask me what the ebb and flows of like edm stuff or you know that's a yeah that's it's funny uh, you
2: bring that up too because i remember one time when like dubstep like first became like a pretty popular thing like when skrillex was just like the biggest thing in the world right all of a sudden like like turnouts started getting a little bit less for like some of the metal shows because you know like people were getting into the EDM scene instead and they were doing exactly, that. Yeah. And I had a little bit of resentment towards that because like their shows are just killing it and stuff. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, like this show is going on over here and like, this is like, I think this is cool or like there should have been maybe a little bit more people. It didn't necessarily yeah. like kill our scene by any means, but, and I think that's right now we're in a weird moment where there's not really a whole lot of local bands here, but the shows are doing really good. It's kind of yeah. weird. So
1: yeah, I've just like never seen musicians. it. I've never seen it before where I've seen a venue as seemingly developed as like the the Lucky You Lounge that's got kind of things dialed, but that I don't see as strong as a, as a local, as a, uh, of local bands that I normally see. And so that I feel like they're still relying on like, uh, national acts acts and stuff. And that could also be, uh, that could also just be a byproduct of the, that could just be a byproduct, honestly, of social media and that like, being local band doesn't mean as much anymore because right. it's, it's so easy to have access to everybody anywhere. So uh, essentially some of these opening acts can get the 20 to 30 people that you used to rely on a local to bring because they, that's just how like compartmentalized the social social media can make it to where there's you can just have so many niches. And so you don't need to have the local as much.
2: Yeah. And that, and that's becoming uh, more and more prevalent too, where I, I, for, you know, for the past few years, I keep getting offered these, you know, these bigger tours where they won't even give me a spot for a local band. They're, yeah. like, they're like, we don't need yeah. one. This show's going to do fine without one. And that kind of sucks too. I mean, for me at least, because like, if there is a local band that like, you know, that's like one of their biggest influences, it's like, I would like to help them out and put yeah. them on the bill and like have, Spokane represented on this bill yep. you know for them to be able to see this band so exactly, that way right. when they play another show of mine maybe they'll be like oh well that same band that I saw open you know this show for the sword is now playing this other show with Eye on Fire like the hell yeah or yeah better. exactly Just kinda,
0: well that's sometimes how the local band kind of gets out there a little yeah, more exactly, like, yeah. hey I played with this band and then you know they're going to be remembered a bit more on yeah. that end but I think music festivals have also kind of like taken a swing, like taking the scene in in like a different sway as far as like what people are into, you know, and what, you know, kind of recognition you get as a, as a local, like if we have, I just went to tree fort festival in Boise and there's a lot of Boise bands there that are represented like with that community event, which is cool. Like there's a ton of bands out of Boise, that I never heard of. Oh I know. Yeah. But uh they have this festival that can they can be featured and, and tons of people from all over go there and check it out. As well as, you know, bigger bands playing and seeing, you know,
2: those local bands. I, Tree uh, Fort is always something I've i I've wanted to go to for years now. It's yeah, and it's, you, you put it perfect too. It uh they they, they, it's so funny. There'll be like so many bands from Boise and you're like, I had no idea this band even existed. This band's awesome. Like yeah. I would have never known without this festival kind of thing. And like I've gone years where I've just like scanned the lineup and stuff. i will pick a couple bands and like check them out or something like that. And you know, there's a lot of cool bands from that. They do it so well too, just like you said, cause they'll bring like national acts to bring like a majority of the people in, but then they integrate a lot yeah. of the Idaho bands in with that. And I think that's like kind of what, uh, Pat Hendrick and uh, the Inlander was doing with volume. And I think, I think volume, volume is badass. I think volume right. is yeah, loves volume. great. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's such a cool thing, and I, I I hope that they continue to do that once you know things are a little bit more open again. Well,
1: so. and that just really, and that kind of reiterates something I was thinking about is when I, if I was booking a festival ten years ago, I, I would think, oh, let's get these regional bands. Like, make sure you're from Seattle, make sure you're from Portland, yeah, or from Boise or something. And now it's like it's more about just like who's accessible and how many. I don't know that sounds terrible. But like how many fans do you have on like Facebook and Instagram or something, because how much does it matter where you're from now? Yeah, because yeah, I cause... mean, do you? But I mean, do you book? It's it's like you can. I just feel like the regional effect has maybe diminished. Like how many bands do you go like, I got them? Yeah. They're from Seattle. They're like the biggest band in Seattle, so I got to book them in Spokane. It's almost as like you can be a really good band in Seattle or you could be a really good band in Jacksonville and the same amount of people in Spokane have heard of you because those distances yeah. don't matter. Oh, well,
2: big time, yeah, because there's like bands that will just kill it in Seattle and then they come and play Spokane and there's like hardly anyone and uh yeah that that's definitely becoming more prevalent for sure because people are finding out about bands through the internet and the internet has no borders you know so it's like right and then the the flip side of it too there's bands that like you'll see that have like 10,000 likes on facebook and they have like a million listeners a month on spotify it's like how uh, the right. fuck does that make any sense you know right. like and then they'll sell out shows and they'll literally not even put an event on Facebook or anything like that. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like everything is just so spread out now and it's like that almost doesn't matter anymore. It's, it's kind of, it's strange. And it makes it harder for me too. Cause then if I get an offer from an agent, it's like, Hey, do you want to book, you know, this band? Like, uh, I don't know, for instance, let's just kind of throw a name out of the bag like, uh, uh, Angel Dust. Do you want to book Angel Dust? And the Angel yeah. Dust probably has like very few likes on on uh, Facebook, but then on Instagram they might have like quite a bit more. And then you yeah. go to the the YouTube videos, and there's not very many views. But then if you go to Spotify, there's a ton of listens. So it's like, what the hell? It makes it harder for me to be like, okay, well, I think I want to book. Them. I mean, if it was that band, I would want to book them, but. But if, like, if I didn't know who they were, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to book this. And then it's like, well, send us an offer. It's like, I don't even know what the hell to offer. Like, I have no idea. Well,
1: that's the thing is I feel like I used to do, and this is why the music scene might be changing. And almost in a good way in the sense that you have to kind of, as an agent, it may be harder – Especially on smaller shows and like uh, stuff that's like mostly in like our wheelhouses, that's like under five hundred cap. Yeah, where you kind of have to love what you're doing in order to understand. Keep up on the scene. like what people are because listening to. I stuff. could do a thing as a small cap, like a small venue, where I could make a make judgments based on uh, listens, Facebook friends. And different, different metrics that I could go to some, if I had some rap group that I've never listened to, but I could see on Facebook that they had, you know, back in the day, they had, you know, 100,000 friends. And then you could listen, you could see some of their their listens and stuff like that. Then I could gauge with relative confidence how many people might show up to a show. But I feel like right now, like you were saying... There's so many different platforms and so many different ways that you can uh, that you could evaluate it. Yeah. If you don't if you don't love the genre that you're doing on these small cap venues, then it's ma- it's a lot harder to. Decide. It is.
2: It really is. I mean, like a great example would be like for the longest time, like people used like a Facebook event page to gauge like how well a show is going to do. Yeah. And there's like that doesn't really even matter anymore either. Like there's like some shows where like there'll be like 300 people interested, and you go yeah. to the show, and there's 50 people. Yeah, or like
0: events are like no longer. Yeah, it's. It, I mean,
2: it's a good place to go for information. Yeah, and, correct, and Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a good tool to use to like help promote a show, you know, because you just blast a bunch of invites and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. for instance, I mean, even just, uh, I have a show next Wednesday and the event page has like 20 people going. I already have 60 tickets sold for it. Right. It's like, yeah. how the hell does that make any sense? Like, it's kind of interesting. Well, so, it's kind of like everybody's, o-
1: everybody's over. Uh, it used to be if you hit interested or going, Mm. that actually was something you were signaling to your friends. Like I'm going. It still does that.
2: Yeah. And like, it'll show like, Oh, uh, Bill's interested in seeing taking back Sunday at the pavilion yeah, on October 15th or whatever. And like, I could see that and be like, Oh, I like that. I'm going to go to that bill. Like, are you going like whatever? Yeah. So, I mean like that's still kind of, kind of cool and it's useful. I like it too. Cause then if it's like a show that I'm going to, and if like, some other friends see that I'm going, then they'll hit me up before the show. I'll be like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, like, like <laughs> right, so that's yeah. that, I think that that's cool. But, um, but yeah, social media is just so uh, far spread apart now. It's, it's tough to, to kind of gauge, you know, which direction to go with on a lot of shows based on that. It really is.
1: So like with that, what do you, and um, uh, how, how do you, what's the best way that you're still marketing your shows? Like, what do you do?
2: Man, I, I, and now we're kind of at a reset too with, with the pandemic, you know, post pandemic, because like, for me it was like, okay, well, I'm going to get flyers and stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. I put them up at places and there's, I feel like there's not as many people going to these places where I would put the flyer at. And like, there's been times where I've offered to give flyers to bands and they're like, I mean, I mean, if you want them, if you want us to put us, put some up, we can. I'm like, no, I mean like handbills, do you want handbills? Like hand to friends? And they're like, I mean, you can give them, to us if you want to sort of thing. And like, yeah, I mean, I guess like everyone's just like, I mean, everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has like a social media account. If not, then it's like, they know where to look, you know? Cause I mean, there's people that like delete their social media, but they still go on like certain websites or, yeah, you know, things like, so they, they still stay connected in some way. So it's like, people are going to find out. I mean, the best form of a flyer now is on your own phone, you know, like it, it really, it really is. And like, I've, I printed some flyers out for these last couple shows that I've had and I, I feel like it didn't really do a whole lot. This Sunday is uh tech nine at the knitting factory. I'm going to go flyer at that show when it's over for my hip hop show with Mayday. Cause they're on his label Yeah, and they do like songs together and stuff. And yeah. it's gonna be the first time I've done that in a while, <laughs> you know? So it's, I, I mean, I guess we'll see like how effective that is, but for the most part it's like, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's all social media, man. That's just like the way to go for a lot of stuff. And that's what most of everyone is doing. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. you're not going to buy a fucking billboard for, Uh, you know, like Fall Star playing or something that doesn't make any sense. You know, you can go to the radio station and ask them to run an ad on Every Time I Die does anyone that listens to every time I die listen to Rock and Eight Four and a Half? Probably not. You know, yeah. <laughs> like maybe like five people yeah. or something. So it's uh, well, and it's probably different for you too. Like in your it genre, yeah, it's like, definitely different. Yeah, it's, it's
0: pretty eclectic. Especially, I mean, yeah, we have a pretty solid like hardcore scene
2: in yeah. Spokane,
0: but not a lot of people would know.
2: And that, I think that that's you know. that's kind of where um, it it sort of helps me to where I can. Make those like, um, how do I put it? Like those, those niche forms of, of marketing through social media and things like that, because I've built that reputation where it's like, this is the style of music that I like, and these are the, the people that put on what I listen to. If I listen to Knocked Loose, you know, there's a damn good chance that if they come to Spokane, it's, it's monumental booking that's putting on that right. show or something. So it's like they know who to look to yeah or who the, to follow and you've,
0: you've kind of created that for yourself so that yeah. just makes it easier for them to
2: go to your it page does. same thing with it like the knitting like, hey, factory what are you doing yeah like like if you like let's say you really like um i don't know hell's bells <laughs> where yeah. do you think hell's bells is going to play when they play spokane right, you know yeah. so it's like you kind of like know where to look same thing with like lucky you um if david bazan is going to come here where do you think he's gonna play? Right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so right. it's like
1: they build the niches that. Yeah, like, that yeah. So make it's make it easier to like uh, get the word out for, mm-hmm. that you. Would, yeah. I mean, I'll
2: still do flyers and stuff like that. I, I don't, I definitely don't mind doing that. I like flyers. I'm a, I'm a big fan of like cool looking flyers too. Yeah. And I get so excited when I print them out and it's like all crisp and nice and like high quality. I'm like, ooh, this looks nice.
1: Well, it used you know, to be but, more. It used to be. It still is to some degree, but it, it, the culture of. Used to be part of the music scene culture is the the flyer the handbill. Gotta get the flyer. You gotta get the flyer, yeah. get the you know? flyer design. And it's gotta look. Yeah. It's got look slick. I, you know, like there's been plenty of shows where I'm like, well, the flyer looks cool, so the maybe show I'll must go. Be cool. So the show must do. The be flyer cool.
2: is my big thing. Like, and and <laughs> it's kind of funny that that we bring that we're kind of talking about this too because uh, coming back from the pandemic, like like I've almost like fallen in love again with making flyers because. Yeah. For whatever, like for the past like few years, it's just been like, oh, here's the tour flyer. Cool. I'll just throw the text on there for Spokane. Boom, it's done. I'll just market that. For whatever reason, most of the shows that I've been getting like after the pandemic, they don't have a flyer. It's like, oh, here's a photo of the band. And I'm like, Well, now I have to make a flyer. And like making flyers yeah. not just like, oh yeah, doing do it in half an hour. Like, no, I have to like creatively come up with something and like sit there for like a at least like a few hours and like really like yeah. kind of structure something that looks engaging but then also like conveys what the nature of this event is about yeah you know and like and that's been and
1: promote and puts the information on there that and not look looks like it's integrated into the design you know? exactly it's not just like thrown yeah. on top of it you know i made
2: a, a a post recently kind of complaining about how like some tour flyers just look like garbage and stuff and like they'll literally just be text or something like that And it's like i can't how am i gonna get anyone to come to the show when like there's nothing there that shows what this is like if someone doesn't know who this band is, are they even going to know that that is a band? You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. Like this, I don't know. So it's like, for me, and, and it's been kind of nice because, like, the the flyers I have been coming up with lately have been turning out pretty cool. And it's been a while that I've, like, kind of done that because for the past year and a half, we, you know, there hasn't been any shows. And then even prior to that, I was just using tour flyers most of the time. So right. it was, like, it's kind of weird. That's like sometimes how the creative
1: process works, though. I mean, there's been plenty of times where you you stop like uh, whatever it is that you do like you stop writing music for a while but then you kind of jump back in and because you're because you're not you're not you're getting back into it you kind of hit a creative sometimes you can hit a creative spark really fast yeah you know because you're not you're not going through the same motions or something you've kind of like broken that routine and so you have to you have to kind of relearn a routine, and in that moment, you can find some creative yeah. like, sparks there. So sometimes it's good; like, it's good to like put it down for a while. You know, they uh, they say that in short term stuff, like if, even if you're studying or something like that, mm-hmm. put it down for a while and then pick it back up. But that's kind of how maybe that sometimes. is
2: what it is with me. I don't know, I, but I also think that like having a good flyer is like it. It also displays like the level of care that someone has for the effort that they put into it, instead of yeah. just like whipping up something with like well
0: it's just like good branding you know it's like exactly you, yeah you can tell who's giving know, a shit, care, gives a shit <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or
2: who's just slapping something together for yeah some like random show and but, that's that's a big thing that i want the bands that play my shows like like i want people that go to the shows to know like hey you know like if you come to this like you're gonna see some quality music but i want the bands to feel like well i like working with ryan because he's gonna like market this and make this look like a cool event because he cares and he, and I, and I do, I want, I want them to like feel like the show that they're playing is cool. It's a cool spot. Well, if you didn't care,
0: I mean, I was going to ask like somebody that's booking shows like you to do that
2: job. You have to care, like yeah, to do it definitely. well, do it big time, you know. Yeah, it's, there's.
0: I mean, there's. You're yeah. not. It's not like you're taking home a ton of money. No, you know, I'm not like,
2: driving a Tesla or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, and, and sometimes it can cost you money too. So it it just it takes like a, a responsibility. It really does, because like you, especially when you do it like so often, you kind of have to like. It's weird, you know how like they, you know, there's like some clubs where it's like you win some, you lose some. Well, that's kind of how it is with the shows. Like some shows will make money and others will cost money, or some will just break even. And yeah. You sometimes
0: know, like, you're paying out of your pocket yeah it's like it's weird because
2: i'm almost like the bank you know yeah, for like a lot of these totally. shows it's like i'm i'm like representing like like I don't, i'm almost almost like the insurance policy for you know all of these bands are coming through and right and it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting and like you kind of have to I, I i've told a lot of like smaller bands like like you know hey do you would you want to play this show like like new local bands that i haven't worked with before and i'll be like you know, I don't, I don't take a cut before the bands. I just don't do that. I'm not planning on making $500 on this little show that we're doing together. I just want to have a good night. I was like, I make money on the bigger bands that I book. And then that helps pay for, like, some of the smaller stuff or some of the losers when I you yeah. know, book a show. And maybe not as many people show up because, you know, who who knows what the reason is. You know, like, maybe the, maybe it snowed that night. Maybe the band that most people wanted to see canceled
1: or yeah, exactly, you know right. whatever
2: the case may be yep. maybe people just their last release didn't do too well and people don't really like their newest stuff and they don't want to go as much yeah so you never know so i don't know it's just been kind of like yeah you do have to have a a, a passion in doing it and like yeah there's some shows that i, I like doing and then others like maybe not so much and i'm kind of regretting you know but it happens
0: yeah. you know yeah well totally. nowadays so, after pandemic are you are you starting to pick and choose more
2: or I, it's probably yeah. not as much anymore either. Dude, The, the like, pandemic, I mean, this is going to sound not over yet. You know? weird. <laughs> the, the pandemic was, uh, it was almost like a, a mandatory vacation. And it was something that, that for me, I feel like it happened at a really good time. Cause I was just before the pandemic happened, I was pretty burnt out. I was like, the, 2019 was not a good year for me. It yeah. was just, it was just brutal. And the, the, the shows were just kind of like, uh, I was losing a bit of money on a few shows and, and like that sucked. I had some, personal stuff going on that, that kind of, that kind of sucked dealing with too. It's like, it it like when it rains, it pours, like everything kind of like came crashing down. I, I kept my composure as best I could. And, uh, and, and I feel like I did. And then, uh, and then I just kind of took like a, maybe a couple month break. And then it wasn't until February of 2020 where I picked back up on like a smaller show to help out some friends from uh, Seattle and the show did pretty good. And I was like, okay, well, cool. And I was like, well, you know, my first like bigger show of the year is next month, and it was Silent Planet. And I was like, I need a hundred people, one hundred fifty people to break even on this. And then I, and that's where I'm like, yeah, maybe I might make like a little bit of money, or I'm fine with that. Three hundred people end up showing up, and I was like, hell yeah! So like, this is awesome. Like, I feel good. The whole <laughs> yeah. night was rad. The bands were cool. Everyone was really stoked. And I was like, cool. In a month, on March 23rd, I have another big one, and it was Spite with very, Like. They're, like, bigger, like, metal bands that are, sure. like, really up and coming that are just, like, starting to really take off. And I was like, dude, this, this is going to be a killer show. And then COVID happened. <laughs> like, the week yeah. before. And I was like, ah. And I was like, well. And everyone's like, what are we going to do? And I was like, I know it sucks. For you guys. You know yeah. I was like? I was like, I, uh, I, like, I kind of need a break a little right. bit. And it yeah. was, uh, it, it was, it was kind of nice. And then towards the end of the year, I just got really bored. And then that's when I was like, okay, I'm ready for some shows to come back again. And now... Right. That things are back i'm just like reinvigorated i'm like dude i'm willing to step up to the plate. like i just made a, a flyer for a show that i have no part in just just to help out you yeah. know kind of thing like i want to help you know the venues out and the bands and things like that and i just want to you know do good because it's like i got that taste of what it's like not being able to do that and i'm just bored at home a lot of times right so. right
1: well so like in that sense like what is it about I know this is sort of a generic question, but what is it about live music that's different than just hitting it up on the record, you know, just listening to it in your ear pods or something like, well, I mean,
2: you know, I mean like uh, I'm sure all you guys know, I mean, like when you go to a show, you run into like, there's friends that you have that you only see when you go to a show right? and you go there and it's, you're part of the environment that is created by the venue the bands and the crowd that, you know, it creates. And like being part of that to me is so much different than just sitting at at home or, you know in your car or whatever, listening to a band and like that's why for me I'm not a huge fan of most like studio projects because it's like well if they're not gonna play a live show, why do I care right you know like yeah. like if I'm, I'm never gonna see that live I mean I mean maybe that's kind of like a shitty outlook to have on it I guess but it makes sense but, but, but. I, it's not just music for me I like a lot I like a good live show. Whether it's yeah. sports, uh, f- uh, concerts, comedy, professional wrestling, fights, hockey—you know anything—you know like whatever the case may be. I, Cirque du Soleil, you know, like cool, I'm down. Like let's go check yeah. it out, dude. Like yeah. it looks like looks like a lot of fun. There's I just, nothing
0: like live, you know, live entertainment. people together, everything yeah. together, having a good time together.
2: I, I'm even willing to try, like, go check out a rodeo or something. Or right, like, <laughs> I feel like there's an race. element of. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think there's an. I think. Something in my my psyche and maybe in other people's about why I like live music is because there's always an element of risk. Somebody can hit the wrong chord. Somebody – you can fuck up when it's live. Yeah, And so when you – when the potential to do something crappy happens – is available at a, at a live thing. Then when they do really, really good, you're just like that took skill, oh, yeah. you know. So it's like it's the it's that juxtaposition of like you. I mean, you don't get to just hit pause. Oh, let's re record that and just do it over and over again until it's perfect. So you hear it. Yeah. But when you see somebody take something that they put on a record and you see it live, you're just like. Oh, okay it's so you, special you've mastered your craft i mean better you know? met... that
2: record is just so insane that you're just like there's no oh, way they can do this live. right yeah what what's, what always boggles my mind is when you meet those people <laughs> that like have like maybe a tattoo of like a band's lyric or they're like wearing this shirt and you're like oh you like under Oath? like that yeah that band's fucking awesome I'm like yeah that's my favorite band ever i'm like did you see him last time they came like dude that was amazing like no, I didn't go. I've actually never seen them. It's like, <laughs> how? Like, wouldn't you want to see like some of your favorite stuff or like a song that you really like live? Like, that That to me is like more special. Like, when I think of like certain songs that I've seen live, I remember that a lot of times the time that they played it and I saw them play it yeah. as opposed to what I hear on the CD when I hear it, you know? Like, yeah, it's just kind of weird. I, I mean, different folks different choices, I that's, guess. That one's more special, you
0: know? Yeah. yeah. And seeing it with the people around you that you're seeing it with and singing along or, you yeah. know, uh, we can go on and on about live, you know why it's different. Yeah. Um, but there's also it's something really special. special about the, you know, the recorded side of things. Cause like, I feel like you can turn that into an art form that you, can add some stuff to it
2: that you can't do live. Very true. absolutely. Or there's some bands that like sound really good on CD and then you see them live and they just suck. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's like, well, I like,
0: you don't want to go too far to where it's like
1: when,
2: you you know, people see you live and
0: it's like, Oh, you're missing all these parts. Yeah. (laughs) There's
1: been a, for some weird reason, I feel like when I listen to music, it's it's about me experiencing the world a little bit. And then when I watch somebody, I'm, like, watching an exposition. I'm watching a, a, you know, obviously I'm watching somebody do their craft. So a lot of times, like, I'll, when I'm listening to music, I can remember, like, a video game I was playing 10 years ago. Yeah. And, then, like, I, it's, like, it's so much more internal. You know? Yeah, Like, it's, I'll remember the way I felt. If I listened to a record when I was depressed, it's, like oh and then you can feel that or when you are happy you know and then sometimes like the recorded music is 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 it it focuses me inward you know it focuses me on like where i am or where i was that's a good way to put it
2: because like when you hear a song when you're like like when you're out and about like i feel like the the song helps complement what you are experiencing whereas when you go see a band play that that song you are experiencing that song, I guess. Yeah. You, so you experience them. There's a perfo- difference. I feel like
1: they're, I'm experiencing them performing yeah. it to me. Whereas when I'm listening to it, I'm experiencing me like interacting with the yeah. world. It's, it's like, it's, a, I don't know exactly how to express it, but it's just a little bit different,
2: you know? And I'm the kind of person too. like, when I see a movie that I like and I put, if I'm like halfway through and I, I like the movie, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on IMDb right now and figure out all the actors and, you know, like uh, when yeah. the movie was made and, you know, whatever. And like, it's kind of that way when like, you know, there's a, a band that I like or there's a song that I like. Oh, they do that one song. Well, if I can go see it live, I'm not doing anything And I'll go check it out or, or something like that, you know. So yep. yeah, it's uh
0: Totally. Live music is yeah. back. Yeah, I know. Hopefully it stays. Uh hopefully I know. we're figuring out a a good kind of formula I
2: for know. live music I, in these times. It's gonna be interesting to see where things go in the next six months, even, you know, like yeah. let alone the year. So yeah really interesting
0: yep so uh, tell us uh we're kind of getting to the end of this here um and it's been amazing just chatting and oh, yeah. you're bringing up so so many memories of just like old venues in spokane yeah um just you know we're all three of us are kind of seen kids like we've been to all the shows um almost all the shows and i probably haven't gone to as many metal shows as i probably should have like during your oh, year sure. but yeah but you know, we all go in, in our ways of different genres of music. Um, but I want to just kind of see how, how people can support monumental, you know, moving forward as you kind of ramp things back up in your own way, you know, post,
2: I mean, the biggest thing for me is just be there, just attendance really. Yeah. So just, just come check out a show. I mean, like you can't support a venue if you don't go to it, you know? So that's just kind of what it is for me. And then like, um, you know, it, it helps when, like, you spread the word or, like, share a post or pass out a fly or something. I mean, that that, yeah. that is also helpful, too. But, I mean, it's, like, if, if you're not going to be there yourself, then, you know. So I I think it's, like, kind of weird when you talk to – you'll run into, like, some people where it's, like, you know, they kind of cling on to that those days when they used to go to shows all the time, but then they just don't go anymore. But they still yeah. kind of, like, claim that a little yeah. bit. It's like, well, dude, you've been gone for the past three years. You know what I mean? Like, what – like – like, yeah. I don't think anyone really owes you anything. Well, right? or, and you that's that the thing, thing so. with all of us.
0: You know, age is a thing that people let get in the way of going to life. And there's music. nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, yeah. and everybody has their own thing about that you know and especially hardcore music you know yeah yeah people definitely. have a phase uh, of hardcore for sure and, yeah it's uh,
2: uh it, it's definitely something that that can you can easily just kind of like okay I'm, uh, I'm not pissed anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> you right. know like i got a wife and kids and i'm pretty happy now or well, whatever you know and be. also i think
1: i think that would just help support just in general and i think this is just good advice is is in a way like stay curious when if you don't if you're listening to this and you don't you don't go to a lot of shows anymore i do this a lot where uh i still rely on things that i'm i've listened to before that i love and i don't i'm not curious enough anymore so at the very least you know if somebody it sounds like too much to go to a show you're like i haven't gone to a show in a while at least when they see a show that you put on or your local, whatever whatever city you're in, you see a local promoter putting something on, listen to those bands. Check them out. Just yeah. see what they're like Because you never know When you might have Your own little Musical renaissance And fall in love With something again A new genre uh, The new generation Of bands That you were listening To some shit Ten years ago sure. And now you were And you've been out now For four years You know Because and yeah. you've just been Listening to the same record Ten years ago yeah. Or whatever So just be curious Because yeah. you never know then, then you might find it That you got a, a monumental show You have to go to Because you just Got back into it You know Yeah Well
0: I can't tell you How many times i've like walked into a venue just because i need needed live music i don't care what yeah. it is what oh, yeah. genre and i just run into a band that i'm like oh my god like, i love it where do these people come from that's the
2: coolest thing it's almost yeah. like a like a sneak attack almost when you go yeah. in somewhere and you're like who is this i man? love like, doing this that so cool i love bill brought me to um uh, louder milk yeah. yeah that was there you go they were good that that was killer i mean they won't play any sh- a show anytime soon again but yeah <laughs> still. They but they're really good though and i really liked it and you're just like hey you want to go to this show and i was like i don't know anything about them yes i'll go you know <laughs> kind of thing like cool i'm down Heck yeah, but,
1: i like yeah. that stay curious you know yeah i love it
0: yes i'm always curious about music you, you know me but yeah, definitely stay curious, get out there, get out of your homes like we can yeah, do that. Get out of your house. Now, uh, as long as we're all safe and get out of your house, wear a take, mask. Taking care of each other. Yeah. Um but thank you Ryan for coming on. Thank all you, has Been awesome having you. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> all
2: right.